0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to 15 Minutes, a podcast about fame, episode 40. I'm Jamie Berger, and my guests today are Kurt Braunohler and Lauren Cook. They are married, and they talk about that on their audible, not a sponsor of this show, but maybe someday, audio series, Wedlock. Kurt is a stand-up comedian who had his first Comedy Central special this spring, and you can find it on Comedy Central's website. They have interesting projects in the works, and Kurt is currently featured in Kamal Nanjiani's The Big Sick, which you may have heard about. Exciting new movie. And they have a baby and a dog, and thoughts about fame. And so we talked about all those things on the phone a few weeks ago. Hi, Kurt.
1: Hi, Lauren's here too.
0: Hi, How Lauren. Are you How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Great. Just sitting in the garage. <laughs> the sitter came and you're sitting in the garage. Uh why the garage?
2: <laughs> That's my office.
0: Ah. Uh, kind of like <laughs> another famous podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We're all stealing from Mark. Um so in doing my homework for this, uh, of course, I listened to all the wonderful episodes. Uh, Yay! Of Wedlock, which for you out there who don't know is a wonderful. What are we calling the Audible things? Are you calling them podcasts? Audio, audio series. <laughs> audio series that so far has covered sexual communication, crisis, change, fighting kids, and monogamy. Uh,
1: That's right. Yes. Thank
0: you for listening, yes, oh, thank you for doing them they were they were fun and informative. I didn't realize they'd be kind of uh more a, as much lifestyle as just entertainment that they're advice uh yeah, more, more than that yeah, expect.
1: we try to dig deep yeah yeah, I think
2: there's almost moments of um sincerity as well, <laughs> oh, yes, quite a few, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, but what I noticed in 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 doing. Uh, said homework was that you guys have had quite a contrasting couple of years last year you had mm-hmm. your your mom kurt uh, unless it was mm-hmm. longer ago and uh i my mom eight years ago i'm an only child but not of a single parent but i i totally am still wrapped up in my mom um uh mom and lyme disease and Grandma mm-hmm. and you know a lot of hard stuff and and trying to get and pregnant. Pregnancy. and this year yeah. it's, it's baby and new audible, audible series and a comedy central special so it seems like things are going a, a brighter direction.
2: I don't know. Maybe it's just just balanced out. Maybe it's just we're back at zero now.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We don't sleep, so it's hard to negotiate what any of this means. <laughs> I shouldn't say that though. She She's a good sleeper. We've been doing pretty well recently, but it still feels like we're underwater a little bit. Yeah. But you're, you're a hundred percent correct. Way better than cancer. Everything's better than <laughs> cancer. I would say. And yeah. Lyme
0: disease. Yeah. And Lyme disease. Yeah. yeah. I also noticed that we have several things. There's so many things besides fame that i love to talk about any of the topics of the, and we can digress as much as we want. But any of the topics, plus I'm a huge dog person as well.
1: Oh, Zelda's sitting between us right now.
0: So how is Zelda taking having a a sister?
1: She hates it. She's not a fan.
2: Lauren is very (laughs) sensitive to what. She thinks Zelda is imagining. I think Zelda is completely fine she's and is in incorporated. She's depression.
1: deep depression. She, she is, is, not, not, she is like, depression. She's not loving life anymore. She's like, what the fuck happened? I think
2: she's just more mature. She's older. She's not.
1: She's sad. She's like very, <laughs> very sad. She doesn't understand. Because we, we have nicknames for her. We talk to her with a certain dog voice. And then all of that has been co-opted. And even the same nicknames, everything is now used for the baby. And so she, she'll sort of perk up and look up, and then she's like, "Oh, not oh, me well, It's
0: it's tragic. There's a solution to this. Don't use the same nicknames. <laughs> it's already it's, it's already ingrained. We
1: only have you know space in our brain for so many sweet names. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I can't make up new ones. I don't know what to do. It just comes right. It comes out. You don't even think of it. Everybody's a sweet pumpkin in my brain.
0: <laughs> I assume that I'll be hearing an episode soon about parenting and dog parenting, and I, I'll bet she'll come around.
1: I hope so, yeah. I think she has. Or I'll just keep projecting all my own depression onto this. Exactly. The... We'll, we'll see how it, <laughs> one or the other will happen.
0: Well, speaking of transitions, which is one of my favorite hacky lines, <laughs> you guys address awkward, difficult things in a, in, in a, in a fun way. And I've got this topic that is very hard to get people to listen to a first episode, even though none of them are at all painful, in that people really don't like to, to talk about fame. And I even, to name drop uh, to, for a purpose, I, I, I was, happened into being a, having dinner with, um, uh, with Ira Glass and some people after a Eugene show. And I tried to explain to him why I'm doing this and why it's great. And he was like, now, why would anybody want to listen to that? Uh, and, and so I, I've, tri- <laughs> I've, I've tried to email him a couple episodes. I'm going to send him the Sedaris. David Sedaris comes out this week and see if that can... I don't want him to do anything ex- except say, yeah, okay. It's kind of okay. But people have a hard time with it. And I think that it's kind of because people feel awkward for various reasons. Well, I think I think
2: one of the reasons that people feel awkward is that um, fame is decided by other people and not by the individual themselves. And so there's really no control over it to to talk openly and freely about it or about or about like, here's what it's like being famous. Um, It would it would suggest that, uh, A, you know, you're famous, B, you think you'll always be famous because that's the other thing is that fame is very, very fleeting. And so, and this is like a permanent record. So I can, um, I understand why uh, people on permanent records don't want to talk about something that A, they have no control over. B, they don't make the decision to whether or not they are it. And C, it might not exist by the time this comes out.
0: Yeah. That's very interesting. I didn't think about the the immediate fleetingness possibility, Um. Oh right, wasn't well, it called Fifteen Minutes? Right. <laughs> well, it is. It sure is, and it's funny. I some of the people who I want to come on the most are not famous people who are either have never had any interest in it, or have left it behind, or it has left them behind. And the the only person who's been just very abrasive, but really wide open about it was Neil Pollock. Oh, interesting. Uh, who you know had his moment. And it has gone away. And he's like, I'm fine now, but you can tell he'd like it back. But he was so out there about it. And it, he was like, I was famous. And he was willing to say it and own it and own that he doesn't have it right now. And uh, Well, Lord and I were talking
2: about this. We, we just heard an interview uh, yesterday with the guy from Fleet Foxes. And um, he, you know, he had two records and then, and then just took six years off. You know, and like the interviewer started the interview by saying, "I, you know, when I first saw you perform after your first record, I was pretty sure that you would be the biggest band in the world. Like you had the potential to be the biggest band in the world. But then you decided to go back to college and you said.
1: Yeah. And then I said, well, I think some people freak out when they get famous. They freak out at being famous, I think, I, for me, I think the reason that people are uncomfortable is if they consider themselves an artist, then they, it's it's a um, a higher uh, aspiration, I think, to sit down every day and make art, whether or not people like it, and then to suddenly be like, I'm just out here. So that people like me, I just want people to like me. Isn't it great? How many people like me? That feels like a much more egotistical. I think people just don't want to talk about it from that perspective. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And the, the trick is as an artist today, or I guess, unless you were in general, yeah. In, in especially in these past 30, 40, 50 years, you have to at least not, maybe not embrace, but accept that part of it. Yeah. If you want to make your living. Um, how do you guys? I mean, you two are are both performers, both artists. Uh, did you grow up thinking I'm going to be? You know, yeah. You know, it's gone from I'm going to be an astronaut or a firefighter to now kids say I'm going to be famous. There have been polls, like that's number one.
1: Really, that's that's kind of that's sad. kind of gross and sad.
0: It it's depressing. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. And and if 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 a certain orange haired guy hadn't seen puck on television, decided he had to be famous. We might not be where we are today. (laughs) Did you guys grow up as performers as thinking you'd be?
1: Oh, uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I was like taking acting classes and singing and dancing and all that stuff since I was tiny little but I don't I'm not famous. I, I feel like Kurt has a small level of fame. I don't think I, I don't have really any... think
2: I even have a small level of fame. Well
1: people recognize you. like we can go to a small town and people will recognize you. You definitely have a following. Um, but I, but I do remember I remember taking a class in college. it was a it was like an acting for film and television or something. and and we had to go around the room and sort of talk about what our goals were our immediate goals. and this one woman said, I want to be madonna famous i wow. want to have one name <laughs> she just fucking boldly put it out there she was like this is who i am this is why i'm here i want everyone to know me by one name and and i just thought that was i was i was taken aback by it that somebody and i think you're right i think now that's much more common for people to say that that's their what what they're aiming for but at that point it was like jesus christ
0: yeah what was her name shakira it was it was secure that's amazing (laughs) um well not not to argue about your fame or lack thereof but let me give you a hypothetical situation either both of you could go on make a very comfortable living avoid fame altogether you still get to perform but you never get to know You, you perform you leave the stage you go home nobody recognizes you nobody knows you you know, you're, you're just in the world as a regular person. Or the same situation, but you get a bunch more famous. What's the, which, which do we prefer? Which would you prefer?
2: Here's the deal. I know exactly what I prefer. Is that I, um, you know, plugging along doing comedy for so long, I know exactly like what my audience reach is. And when I make something that I believe in, I, I want that thing to be able to be seen by as many people that it could connect with. And so I would like a, a larger reach, uh, just so that like this, a thing I make can connect with as many people and mean something to people. Um, I don't want the thing where like, I can't go out and have dinner with my wife because that's, you know, I, my, I have good friends who are like that where it's just like, they can it's very difficult for them to go out in public, you know, they kind of end up having like hole up in their, either their house or other celebrities houses uh hanging out there. And that's something I'm not interested in, but I definitely would like to be able to, when I make something, have a, a bunch of people see it because, you know, mm-hmm. that's, you, you know, to have a large audience, I think is uh is a cool thing.
1: I was going to say, I think it's a Goldilocks situation because we, uh, uh, like Kurt just mentioned, we know people who've gotten too famous and it's, it's, uh, there's, uh, there are, problems with that right but I feel I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I've for literally three or four years written projects there's been so close to selling something and nobody has seen it or even knows that it existed and that end of the spectrum is a really depressing place to be as well because you don't feel like you can identify um, as a writer or as an actress if you're doing all this work in, in a closet, in a, in a vacuum where that nobody ever witnesses. That's it. Whether or not it's egotistical or whether or not we like it, part of this type of, of art requires an audience. Um, so if you don't have an audience, you're not fulfilling the, the task.
0: And much more so, yeah, if you're writing for performance, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I tried to show. I pitched a show for a year, I worked so hard on it, and then nothing came of it, it just all fizzled away, and, and especially here in LA, Jesus Christ, I mean, like, people look through me all the time at, at parties and stuff, because you're not anybody if you don't, if you're not some level of famous. Um, so you want to, you sort of want to like start name dropping or something and be like, no, no, I took a meeting with that person. It's so pathetic. It's really awful. It's really fucking awful. There are parts of LA that aren't awful. I have to, I feel the need to say that as well, but that, that side of it, yeah, definitely exists.
0: So is that, is that project, oh, is it just done now or you, or does it, con, or do you continue to to try to sell it?
1: No, no, it's done. Uh, so it was like a it was a project that was uh, um I mean I don't think it matters if I say anything now, but it was a spoof kind of show about sororities and it was also an adaptation of Three Sisters, check off Three Sisters. Um and at the same time that and I was trying to pitch it to FX and FX uh is obviously owned by Fox and Fox was doing Scream Queens. So it was just immediately off the table after, like, passing a bunch of uh, milestones as in to try to sell it. Uh, it was like, oh, no, we can't do that. We, whoops, we we forgot. We didn't realize this was happening. And then it just died. We tried to pitch it around to a few other networks, but it, it didn't have any traction.
0: On to the next one. <laughs> Oh yeah, we've now sold yeah. two shows so we're Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Oh. together. Anything yeah. you can talk about
2: yet? Um I would say no. Uh only because I am uh I'm just superstitious about stuff like that until they're they're ordered and shot. I don't really talk about them.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the other yeah. Because like me, then you can talk about the sorority thing for a whole year and then it's oh no, that I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's dead.
0: <laughs> were you in a sorority?
1: Me yeah that, that's part of the reason I wanted to write it I I went to UNC Chapel Hill for two years and then I transferred because I hated it so much because I hated my sorority so much and then I went to Barnard which is huh. it's an all, all 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 women's school yeah in New York I went
0: to Columbia yeah. okay
1: so yeah the the opposite end of the spectrum from UNC Chapel Hill
0: yeah I, it was nice going to about the least fraternities. Based school back then, that was possible. I want to uh, back up to. So, Kurt, you were saying that you want to reach the most people with the stuff that you're proud of that you that you made because that's why you're making it. How has it been? Made the first Comedy Central special. Do you, do you get feedback? Is it is it a pleasant glow or anticlimax or both after you make it?
2: Great question.
0: Great question.
2: It is, um, you know, everything is so different now. I feel like it used to be if you had a Comedy Central special like that's it, you're on the map, like lots of people see it. Millions of people see it. It is not that way anymore. It used to be if you have a late night set, millions of people see it. You're on the map. It's not that way anymore. I've had six late night sets. They have not made a single difference in increasing my reach at all. The, the hour is – what's nice about the hour is that I, it's a business card now. I can, like, send it to people and they can look at it. But um, to give you a, an, an idea of the reach of it, um, I, I got, like, one publication wrote about it.
1: <laughs> wow. And it's an
2: online magazine. One, one publication reviewed it.
1: Um, it's so good too. It really,
2: Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. And
1: I'm so proud of it. And
2: it's like this thing of like,
1: Oh, you know, it's, and it takes more than a year probably. Oh no, that
2: took like two and a half years to write. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it is, but it's also like, um, uh, it's the thing is about it is that like, you're, it's just a pile that's behind you. You know, and you're just, you're just focused on,
1: What's you know,
2: chopping the wood that's in front of you and you're just throwing the wood behind you after it's chopped, you know? So it's like, you can't worry about how big that pile is because really you have to just focus on chopping more wood.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's true. So are you, are you going to be on the road chopping that wood a lot as much now that you're,
2: well, you know, the idea has been, cause I've been on the road for many, many years. That's, primarily how i was making my living for the past five years and um and there's a certain point i think with a comedian that um you kind of hit like a ceiling without like a television show to that actually ends up boost like without something else that ends up boosting your profile so that more people are coming to see you um you just kind of hit like and i feel like i've hit that plateau and so i'm I've, and also, I want to stay home more often because we have a daughter, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I, we've really invested in, Laura and I are working together. We sold these two shows. We're really invested in trying to make something uh, for television and also for film. Um, so that it
1: doesn't have to go on the road. So
2: that I don't have to go on the road. And also, it would be really nice, too. That's been a dream of mine for a long time is having my, my own television show. And so we're now
0: much closer to that uh, happening. Cool. Um. I just sent. I just texted you a picture of what I'm looking at as I speak to you too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. From there, from the Facebook page for Wedlock, are these two little? What are they? Prairie, Prairie dogs, dogs making out. Yeah. So cute, <laughs> so cute. Um, by the way, from the kids. Before I forget, from the kids episode, and everybody should go listen to it because I'm not going to do a good rendition, but. You when you said I don't remember which one of you said what do you call a cheese that's not your own to a young child,
1: and the kid responded
0: somebody, else. somebody else's cheese. I think that's funnier than the real answer. Yeah.
1: I I laugh about that probably once a week. I mean, yeah. it's so it was such a great response
0: and so articulate. For a, how old was that child? Five yeah, or, six. Five or awesome. six. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um uh free form section did when when uh, you know when we planned over time to to talk any thoughts about this topic come up on to either of you you know
2: no it is weird i mean like the fact that there is this idea that like fame is a thing outside of accomplishments is is interesting to me that you can that 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 it, are we are in an era where there's Famous for being famous, um, because that's the thing. Like for me, I've never, I've never wanted fame. I've always just wanted to make things, and I wanted people to see those things. You know, so for to have the 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 creation part removed from fame to me seems um, deeply cynical and uh, uh, and worrisome.
0: Very worrisome. I I I like to think I've coined a term, fame culture. And I am working up a a little book pitch, you know, around this with conversations from the show and an essay about the rise of, like, I think since Real World, maybe a little earlier. Is of... it
2: is it is it Real World or is it Andy Warhol?
0: <sighs> Andy Warhol was certainly a precursor, but I feel like since the the late eighties, fame as something that it's it's you know it's a value in and of itself is newer. Maybe not. You're, it's true though, because Andy just created people and made them famous
2: for no reason. Yeah, and he was obsessed with that idea of almost like being like a machine that creates fame outside of content or worth.
1: But I mean, that to me, that all just exponentially exploded with social media and the fact that you can just be famous for for having a.
2: For like going Instagram. shopping
1: yeah or like yeah. unpacking a box or like yeah for
0: going shopping i'm hoping to talk yeah. to one of those going shopping people oh uh, you got for, to for please this. yeah talk to one
2: of the shopping people talk to one of the makeup people the bo- talk uh, to the uh, unboxing, unboxing people yeah. yeah
0: and i have i have a funny feeling they'll be more than happy to talk to me
2: oh they'll, they'll totally be excited and i i love sometimes when i'm feeling especially dark and i've seen like a video of something that I've worked on for many years up on online and seen how many views it has and then go to a, a quick unboxing video. And yeah. see if it's got 2 million views. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. I've got to uh, admit my ignorance here. What is that?
2: It's oh. just someone opening up a box of a product. <laughs> like, okay. Yes. I'm not kidding. Like, yeah. like the, uh, like when the Apple watch came out it was a big thing to watch someone open the box of the, apple watch it's like blow your brains out
0: my god the different you know the difference between what we're seeing now and what andy warhol was doing is that he was trying to comment on something right exactly and now it's just become the thing itself is totally cool but you could make an argument that that this is the natural extension of what
2: andy was doing
0: you know did he know how would he feel I think he would I think he would like it. He was such a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And he he yeah, the the power that he may have exerted.
2: Because I think he, had, you know, had this obsession with um with surface. Do you know what I mean? That like surface could be all there is and that there didn't necessarily have to be an intention behind it or depth. That the, the, the artist didn't even have to <laughs> make the art itself for it to have worth. That it just had to seem like they did. And so I think, you know, and that was like this perversa perverse obsession in my opinion, but
0: I think that this is
2: I think he would be he would be not surprised.
0: And might be very pleased with himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How Oh, did I ask what kind of dog she is? I might have spaced out the she's answer. She's a she's a weird mutt. We
2: think maybe terrier and boxer so she's oh. like a
0: big looking terrier like mm-hmm. dog.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah she's 50 pounds so she's pretty big but she's got a small dog face
0: mm-hmm. we have a a couple of mixes but one is a uh pit shih tzu <laughs> so he's kind oh, of wow. opposite he's like a pit bull with legs three inches long
1: tiny little legs he's oh. awesome yeah mario
0: <laughs> and i would be very happy if he became a celebrity Um, (laughs) I I would be that dad so long as I'm not making him unhappy but he wouldn't be because he loves the attention because he's a little shih tzu brat Uh, (laughs) bullshit we call him because of the combo Um, do you have a next episode coming up of wedlock
1: actually we do Um, we're going to do a live show uh, with the theme of trust
0: Mm. and
1: we're going to take it to um, just for last comedy festival in Montreal.
0: That's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've never done it in front of an audience before. So it should be good.
0: Nervous. Do you have a panel or individual guests lined up? We're going to do guests and we're waiting to
2: find out kind of who will be at the festival before we. So it'll be like to meet a probably comedian guest, but talking about the issue of trust and then our on location segment as of right now well i think we're going to be going Fingers to trust. uh
0: bdsm kind of dominatrix is going to teach us how to yeah have trust in a bondage situation that, that's terrific yeah your guests have been great I think our
1: guests have been great too the, the furry
0: was great the yeah. um the the sex therapist who i thought you know okay i lived in san francisco for 14 years i, I know what's coming here but she was terrific yeah, she was great. The uh, tantric yeah. woman. The yeah. tantric yeah. woman. Yes, I, I, I almost want to. Do you know her name offhand? I'll look it up. You show it's an interesting, like, uh, fine line between you know respect and humor in <laughs> some of the things your guests say, and I think you're you're walking that really well. And I think it was fine that you took out the psychic, uh, because you gotta, yeah, you gotta, you know, if you if you're in that business, you're taking the risk. Yes. Yeah
2: we had to such bullshit
0: you haven't heard uh, heard from her
2: exactly and if you agree to be recorded (laughs) and you're really full of shit
0: (laughs) around here there's a um um monty belmonte who's a great morning dj uh he does about once a month this an hour where they take calls with a psychic and he just rips her to pieces and she takes (laughs) it like a champ and he was like, "Oh, right. maybe, maybe that's line two you're you're hearing, <laughs> uh, and and I guess it's it's publicity for her." Yeah, yeah. But then they did a live show that I went to, and it wasn't as fun. On the radio, I could sit there and imagine that all the people out there are like me, cynics and skeptics who like that Monty is. And I'm sorry, Lauren, I think you're a little more of a believer than I am.
1: I am. Yeah, yeah. i I mean I have met some good psychics, so. When it's undeniable, it's undeniable. Yes, I'd have to meet. Yeah, I have.
2: I have not met. I've not met a good psychic yet. But actually, no. The psychic that Lauren used to use did say something about me that was like very intuitive or very very. Uh, I yeah, don't, I don't intuitive know might is, be the right
1: word.
2: But um, but that's only the one time.
1: So can I go back real quick because I found her name, and in case people want to find her, uh, it, it's Charu Morgan and her her business is called embody com.
0: Great. Uh, I'll take a look.
1: Really fantastic. I mean, like I've... we
2: still use that tantric sex stuff.
1: Kind of. Kind of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my point is, yes. If I, if I find that, that if I find a psychic who who gets it right, then I'll be more of a believer. But so on the radio, it's fun to listen to. Cause she has a great sense of humor about it. And he goes off and occasionally she hits it, but then I went to the about a hundred hundred fifty people in in a theater, and she walked around the house the whole time and she didn't do very well and people were really i thought people more people would be there for Monty's little jabs because he's the area celebrity and funny guy but but a lot of them were there to get in touch with their loved ones and Ooh, just felt really awkward to me the combo
2: i mean that's that's to that that Part to me is part of me makes me angry. And then part of me is like, uh, if, you know, cause there, she's, you know, taking money from people who are grieving for a loss, but also at the same time, there is something to be said that's a psychological benefit to speak openly to your loved one. If you have something that you need to get off your chest or, you, need, you know, like that can help the person heal. I feel like. It's a good point, uh, especially if they think it's true. But still, feels manipulative to me. Yeah.
0: Uh, spacing out a second time. Are you on the road at all this year, or just getting ready? Yes, to I dance?
2: am. Yeah, I um, I'll be at the uh, Arlington Draft House in DC, July fourteenth and fifteenth, um, and then we'll together be in Montreal, July twenty 29th. And what else? We got the the big sick opens. On, oh, yeah. Uh, June 23rd in select cities and then July 11th everywhere else. Um, so go see The Big Sick, everybody. Yes, Dad, Do you want to tell Grant. everybody
0: a little bit about it? I was just reading.
2: Sure. Uh, Big Sick is a movie that Kumail Nanjiani and Emily Gordon, his wife, wrote that's based on their life. Um, and uh, uh, Kumail's in it and Zoe Kazan and Ray Romano and Holly Hunter and myself and Bo Burnham and A.D. Bryant. And uh, it's a really great comedy that's kind of about uh clash of cultures between families as well as the whole the story is that, you know, when Kumail and Emily start, first started dating, Kumail had to um, Emily had this mysterious illness and he had to uh, sign a waiver to put her into a, uh, a coma, a medically induced coma, because uh, that's the only way they could treat her. And that was the first time he met. Her family was after he had signed her into a coma, uh, and so that's kind of it's it's about that. That's the first time that Kamel meets Ray Romano and Holly Hunter, who play Emily's parents.
0: I'm looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really I'm excited. I'm excited for people to see it. It did really well at Sundance, and and
1: uh, yeah, I also wrote on it.
2: Uh, yeah, I was also the onset writer, so I wrote jokes for everybody. For oh, the cool.
0: Whole. And what's your what's your role?
2: my role is chris uh and he is the kind of like roommate and best friend of uh, kumail um and also you know kumail is a stand-up in the movie as is in real life and uh i'm, I'm part of like the cadre of stand-ups that um he hangs out with which are me bo burnham and ady bryan are like his stand-up buddies
0: excellent yeah i'm i've re- read i've read really good things and i just read that new yorker profile of Kumail. yeah that was great for them uh, Lauren, do you, are, are you mostly, well, obviously you're working on the project together and on the, the child project together. <laughs> uh, do you have any things of your own or do you, that you're doing?
1: Uh, well, I have a storytelling show. So uh, once a month, I have a live show that I co-host with uh, the wonderful Shauna McGarry uh, It's at the Virgil. And so in I'm Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. And so I... It's called
2: Radio Picture Show.
1: Radio Picture Show. That's what it's called. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, but really, we've been working so hard on these two shows that we sold. Um,
2: Just excited for them to go somewhere.
1: Yeah. And that was all through, like, the final weeks of pregnancy and the final weeks
0: And the first weeks of pre- birth, okay, yeah.
1: So, so, yeah, that's... Keeping that's you busy. Yeah, we've been really busy. Um, I also I just started writing for this mom <laughs> millennial mom online thing. Yeah, I try I, I yeah, I try to keep busy. I'm keeping busy.
0: Yeah. Plus plus there's you know, you're just starting in on, on the five years of breastfeeding.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> just good God. Can you imagine?
0: I can't even You have to go listen to wedlock to understand that people.
1: I mean um, I'm really like just counting the days
0: yeah well i'm glad we finally checked in yes thank you
1: yeah thanks for having us jamie
0: maybe once one of those shows is in development we'll try it again when you're fighting off
1: perfect oh that's too much
0: too much attention
1: just how awful fame is that we'll have a whole (laughs) episode about that
0: that'll be wonderful
1: how angry we are
2: well at that point at that point there'll be twenty-five thousand at tv shows every day yeah Yeah. so no one will even notice we have a tv show so it won't matter yeah (laughs) never matters jamie that's the main thing never matters okay (laughs) just gotta do the work
0: chop the wood. yep do the work chop the wood the work matters well good luck with all of it well thank you very much you can find all things kurt brown all are at com, perhaps i should spell that for you that's k u <clears throat> r t b r a u n o h l e r .com we're not going to redo that and you can find all things lauren cook at lauren l a u r e n hyphen cook c o o k .com And I say hyphen because it's a hyphen. It's not a dash. They're both on Twitter and you can find Kurt by using his name. But Lauren has the best name on Twitter, or at least tied for it, which is L-Chooch Train. That's the letter L-C-H-O-O-C-H Train. L-Chooch Train, which I just love. You can find all things 15 Minutes at 15minutesjamieberger.com. That's 1-5-M-I-N-U-T-E-S-J-A-M-I-E-B-E-R-G-E-R.com. As always, Ed Patnode makes the show sound great, and Christian Kandari made the music. Lots of good stuff coming up this summer, including, I am excited to say, Jonathan Katz of Dr. Katz fame. This is 15 Minutes. Jamie Burger.